you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Today, we're going to be talking about working with goddesses. This is an episode that I feel like for those of you that practice spirituality or witchcraft or just, I would say, like, maybe outside the bounds of, like, standard organized religion. This is an episode that I've been asked about a lot, uh, especially on Instagram over the years. Many people always want me to like share more magical workings because I am a practicing chaos witch. And I first want to say that in like video form, which this podcast has no video format, uh, this one is just going to be here available on the podcast only. But it's really hard. And I think a lot of witches or practitioners will vouch for this as well. It's really hard to capture your practice because the practice in and of itself is so sacred and personal, and it varies person to person. And as you like go on your own spiritual path or magic working path, it's like what works for one person doesn't necessarily always work for another person. And so I hesitate sometimes to even cover topics like this because these are the things that work for me. These are, you know, these are concepts and magical tools that have worked for me and I've seen them work again and again and again. Now, does that mean that it's foolproof and it's going to work for every single person? Not necessarily. It's up to the practitioner and also your life experience. Now, this is my personal opinion. I believe that it is often your life experience and your limiting beliefs that will factor into if a spell casting or some kind of work is actually going to work for you. Because if you harbor a bunch of limiting beliefs that like goddesses aren't real, why would you attempt to work with a goddess? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it just, and especially as a chaos witch, that's like what our entire practice is rooted in is believing in our practice so much that the rules don't even matter or apply. And I don't know. That's like a whole other thing. We did we did a podcast on chaos magic, I think a few months back. But for this episode, I wanted to first talk about that. And also just touching on that, it's really difficult to talk about, not because I'm scared or because I want to gatekeep, but because again, the practice is so deeply personal that I fear people are going to run off and try these things and then be like, Chloe, that didn't even work. And for some of you, it might, but for some, it may not. And again, that's all off of your belief. At least that's how my practice works. If my beliefs are not invested in it and I don't actually believe it's going to work, then chances are it probably won't. Um, the second thing I wanted to touch on is that, and this I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit of a hot take, <laughs> hot topic. Some people may not appreciate this, but I'm just going to say what I need to say. I do not like, especially on like witch talk TikTok, which I think is where a lot of people get mainstream information about witchcraft. I have kind of stayed out of witch talk, which you could say like, maybe it would be good for me to be there because being there, I could be like a source for good and kind of not that people that gatekeep are necessarily bad people, but 
I don't like the gatekeeping that I see on Witch Talk. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think there are certain things that maybe they're a closed practice. And I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is, especially when it comes to deity work, deity work, uh, gods, goddesses, and that, I have a really hard time with how so many practitioners have presented this. And the thing that I want to point out is that it's not as difficult, I feel like, as so many people make it seem. And I also want to point out that it doesn't have to be like, I almost feel like there's a lot of fear mongering that goes into it. And maybe that was that person's experience with that deity. And I'm not trying to say you should just go out and start like worshiping 500 deities. You know, I'm not, I don't, you know, obviously, I'm, I want you to like, be safe about your practice and take your time and ease yourself in and educate yourself. That's not like, I'm not saying don't do those things, but I do think there's a lot of fear in these like 30 second to three minute videos where it's like, oh no, you think your deity will listen to you because you did blank blank. Ha ha ha. That's so funny. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like poking judgment, making fun of and gatekeeping when it comes to deity work. And also, I don't know if it's deity or deity. I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. I think it also depends on where you come from, how you say it. I've always been taught that it was deity deity, but I like the way it sounds when you say deity. So <laughs> in any sense, I feel like I do not like that. So I will not teach you that. I will not teach you that we need to gatekeep deity work. I will not teach you that it has to be this big, scary thing. And the reason that I believe that, and I'm just going to speak my truth here, this is my own opinion because of the work that I've done. I don't remember a time period in my life where I was not working with Aphrodite specifically. Like, even when I learned about her in school, I was always deeply fascinated every time I got a project in that kind of mythology. I always picked her as my goddess. And I can't even, like, I'm getting the chills as I'm talking about it, but I can't remember a time period in my life from the moment I learned about her that we were not working together and did not have some kind of a special connection. And it wasn't until I got into witchcraft in, I mean, gosh, I had whispers of witchcraft in my life from like my teenage years, but I never got into it. And probably until like, I want to say I've been a practicing witch for about four years. I want to say it was 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. So yeah, Actually, this month in March, it will be my four-year witch anniversary. Um, the day that I dedicated myself a witch was, which was actually on Ostara, uh, in March of 2018, and that Ostara is like my favorite holiday out of all of the Sabbaths. But that's another story for another time. The thing that I'm I'm trying to stay focused on here is the deity work, but. I've always had a connection with her. And when I actually got into witchcraft, dedicated myself a witch, that was when I actually started like putting out candles and started putting out flowers and learning more and more about her so that I could have an altar space and go to her. Like I have, I feel like sometimes, at least for me, again, I'm sharing my own personal experience here. I feel like the way that some religions treat God is almost the way that I treat and talk to Aphrodite. 
Like, it can be that easy. Now, am I going to go kill in her name? No, absolutely not. That's, again, side tangent. But I feel like even when I, like, sit at my altar space that I've adorned with things for her, I'll sit and just talk to her like I'm having a prayer or a conversation with her. And it doesn't have to be this, like, oh, here, here's a candle for you. Like, please, blank, blank, like... I feel like when it comes to deity work, either it's for you or it's not. Like, it's not this, you have to work so hard to get them to pay attention to you. If you know that there's supposed to be a connection there, then there will be one. I feel the same way about any form of spirituality when you're trying to make connections. I feel the same way even about God. Like, though I don't believe in God the way that uh, I feel modern religion teaches God, you know, I think that that's like universe, source, energy, genderless, etc. But I feel like even when it comes to my relationship of what I conceptualize God to be, I feel like that to me is very similar to what deity work can look like. It can look like just having conversations, having morning prayers with them. It doesn't have to be this, here's like 9,000 altar adornments a week, always have your candle going 24-7, always have special incense. Like, don't get me wrong, those things are nice. I'm not trying to say like, don't give things to the deity that you want to work with or multiple deities, but it doesn't have to be this really complicated and almost like, I feel like some people treat it like it's a closed practice. And like, if you're a baby witch, don't even fucking try. And in my opinion, it's not like that. I don't think it should be like that. I don't think you should be afraid to work with a deity. I don't think that, I don't know. Like I said, I just see a lot and I just don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. And anyways, that was like, my intro is like, if you see a lot of gatekeeping being done, you do not have to listen. You don't have to, I mean, spoken like a true Sagittarius rising over here. (laughs) You don't have to listen to other people's rules, like, and a chaos witch. So I don't listen to the rules. I make the rules and then continuously break them. So (laughs) it's, it really is up to you from my from from my perspective, it really is up to you the kind of connection you're going to have and what feels right to you to do. Now, I think that also really gets into working your craft, which we did an episode last week, I want to say, where we talked about getting started in witchcraft and the basics. And so I would encourage going over those basic things first and really investing yourself if you feel called to a practice and maybe not getting into deity work right away if you don't feel called. Now, again, in my own personal experience, I knew that Aphrodite was somebody I wanted to work with right away. And That's because A, we'd always had a connection and I had seen like two energy workers that both had called her out. Like both of them knew her by name and were like, oh yeah, she's here for you. Even without knowing that about me, both of them were like, oh, she's here. Oh, she's here. So I knew prior that this deity already wanted to work with me as well and that we already shared something. So maybe that made it easier for me. Um, I've also worked a little bit, I always feel like I mess up her name and I'm not trying to, and I always tell her that I'm not trying to disrespect her, but uh, Hakate or Hecate, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it, but 
um, I have also worked with her a little bit through my mental health crisis and like finding my way in the dark. And that's been really helpful. Uh, definitely haven't worked with her as much as Aphrodite, but that's the only other deity that I've worked with even a little bit. And just don't, don't get caught up in this idea that you a have to work with them or that you're not allowed to, I think is the most important things when it comes to that gatekeeping mind about it. Um, and I would say like the next thing to do if you're wanting to work with a goddess is I'm I'm going down the goddess route specifically because I've never worked with a god. I've never worked, I've never felt called at this point in my life to work with a god. I've only felt called to work with goddess energy. And I feel that way even in my day-to-day life to like honor the goddess, honor the divine feminine and I believe that part of my own soul mission is to rise with the divine feminine. So it makes sense to me that I would feel really linked there. But I also feel like we have to remember that we can't have the divine feminine without the divine masculine. But again, that's another conversation for another time. Um, But it doesn't have to be goddesses. I just wanted to focus the episode there because that is the experience I've had. And so I feel like I have the most knowledge to share in that area. But I feel that... If you're like wanting to make some kind of a connection, maybe you have a goddess in mind already and you've already been getting into witchcraft, you feel a little bit more comfortable in your practice. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly encourage you going back and listening in to the basics getting started in witchcraft. But I would say learn more about them, especially if you're having doubts or you're unsure. If it feels natural to you and you just like start having a conversation, then awesome. More power to you. This episode is really for those of you that feel kind of uncertain or unsure where to start. So I would say learn more about them. What do they stand for? What are their values? What did they do? What was the uh, mythology behind them? What were their stories? And see if that resonates with you, if that connects with you. You know, for me, Aphrodite... It started in childhood as me being very obsessed with love, like from an extremely young age. I swear I came in different. Like, I swear on this that I think I just came into this world different. And I say that because from a very, 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 very young age, I w- I've always been very conscious that love would truly bring world peace. Like, I have always known that love was the ultimate answer, love was the only answer, and love was all that we needed as people. If everybody was able to consciously open their hearts, we would have a totally different world and we would see world peace. So love has always been big for me, not just romantic love, but platonic love, all kinds of love. And like, I remember as a kid when I used to believe in God in like Christian theology, that I would just sit and pray and like cry, like tears streaming down my face about like love and how powerful it was. And like, I'm talking like four or five years old, like just, I don't know. I swear I just came into the world different. (laughs) I swear. And I have like journal entries where once I learned how to write, where I would like write about this too. This has always been extremely important to me. So when, of course, when I came across this goddess that her whole thing was love, now, of course, being like the child mind, I was always really drawn to like the romantic love in, especially during like my teenage years, always really drawn to the romantic love. But I want to remind y'all, especially in Aphrodite's case, it's not always about romantic love. It can be that platonic love. It can. And it's also like, 
Aphrodite was a bad bitch. Like, she was this beautiful, voluptuous, like, lustful, sensual. When I think about goddesses, like, to me, she is like the full package. She is the embodiment to me of goddess energy from my perspective. Now, obviously, there are plenty of other goddesses. So I'm not trying to say that she is like the number one. For me, she is. But maybe for you, she isn't. Maybe it's somebody else. But I just really... I feel like learning about her, it enthralled me. And this is something I always point out in anything that I teach to y'all or anything that I bring to the table. This, I think, is one of the most important principles that you will learn for life, period. And that is you have to do what lights you up. I've been talking about this for at least the last five years of my career consistently. And I recommend to y'all... Uh, that book, I'll link it down below for you. It's the um, Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. Probably one of my favorite works of all time, because that book changed my life. It changed my perspective. And when I was in a really, really, really dark place, it lifted me out of that and allowed me to see things from a higher perspective. And I started doing only what lit me up. And it literally changed the course of my life. And like night and day almost. It just, it, I have chills, full body chills while I'm discussing this. I feel like highly psychic at the moment too. I don't know where Neptune is, but my dreams and shit have been crazy the last week or so. Um, I feel like very connected to source energy over the last week or so. It's been really nice. But I totally just lost my train of thought. I was tell oh, doing what lights you up, right? Doing what lights you up. And this is the same to me when you decide to work with a deity. It's you what what lights you up? If you actually are lit up by deity work, you will feel lit up and called to pursue that. If you don't, then just don't bother. Like it doesn't and I feel the same way about astrology and tarot and crystals and any kind of magical working, candle magic. It's one thing for something to sound interesting to you, and it's a whole other thing to be so ignited and excited to get into something that you can't get enough information and you're just like ravenous if you were like starving for this knowledge, basically. Like that I feel like is almost the energy that maybe it doesn't have to be so intense. Maybe I'm an intense person, but I feel like for me, that was really how this was treated when I got into witchcraft and started actually really honoring the goddess that I, I felt like I was starving for it. And so it, it fueled me, it fueled my passion for learning more and more and more. And so if you don't feel that way, if you don't get that nudge, or maybe it's just an intuitive hit, maybe it's a little bit quieter for you. But if you don't get that internal flame, when you are searching or are reading, I would say maybe don't even bother at this time. Now, I don't think that means you'll never work with a deity or deity or you'll never work with a god or goddess. But maybe the timing just isn't there right now. So I would say that that's a big thing. And the next thing I want to point on point on is don't doubt the art of asking. Like, I think when it comes to honoring your spirit guides, honoring goddesses, honoring gods, and calling them their divine presence into your life, this is the same with like source energy as well, or the universe or the ether, whatever. This is the same. 
don't doubt the art of just simply asking. You know, many, many, many people come to me and ask me, how do I get in contact with my spirit guides, Chloe? How do I reach out to them? What do I do? And the answer to me is always the same. You know, I mean, I might give like different variants if I've tuned into their spirit guide and I can feel or like know what they want and I will give them that information, but just ask. All you have to do is ask. There is no like, yes, a candle can be nice. An offering can be nice. I do think when it comes to gods and goddesses, an offering might be a little bit more important, like getting a candle that coincides with them or an herb or, you know, something of that regard. I do think that when it comes to god and goddess work, that is important. But something I also really want to note, and I don't think I'm stepping any crossing any boundaries here with this one. I feel like Aphrodite is really helping me lead this podcast today. I've got my candle in here lit for her. We're, we're, you know, she's, she's working through me on this one. It's not about like you being a special snowflake and that deity choosing you. So I don't want to give like that impression that like there are favorites among men and women, but I do think that Like that energy can track like that. Sometimes a god or a goddess will also seek you out because they there's an energy that you exude that is really important to the things that they believe. Like for me, being so obsessed with the ideology of love, that was very easy. Aphrodite was an easy choice and she chose me like we chose each other. I feel like that's why we have such a strong bond is we chose each other. It wasn't just me seeking, seeking, seeking. We chose each other. And so sometimes it does happen like that. But if it's not and you are feeling this internal pull, don't be afraid to just ask. Make some kind of an offering. You can use a tea light candle. Like it doesn't have to be this overarching. You don't have to like go to the bottom of the ocean and get this thing for Poseidon. Like you can just light a candle and, you know, maybe maybe a cup of water or seawater or something for Poseidon. But, you know, like just you can get really simple things and just ask. And I'm always a big proponent of candle working because I think our deities can speak to us through candle workings, at least for me. And, you know, you can read that flame. You can see if they're present. You can actually like talk to your candles and be like, hey, if you're here, give me a flicker. And they will. Like, you can tell when they're vibing to your music. You can tell there is so much communication with a candle. So I always recommend candles, but it doesn't have to be. You can, like I said, herbs, seawater if it's good for them or some kind of crystal that pertains to them or, you know, it can be anything. I would recommend an offering, an offering, but sometimes they will also call out to you. But most importantly, don't feel like you are not allowed to ask. And we're going to get back into more of this after we have a word from our sponsors. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So I want to touch a little bit on altars as well, or like shrines that you might set up. 
Again, these don't have to be complex. You can collect items over time. They don't have to be this like huge honking thing in the middle of your house. I have an altar space that is just in my office. It's on the top of a bookcase that I have, like a little short cube storage thing that I got. It's just right there behind my workspace. And I do have some really nice things on it. Like if you're somebody that wants to work with Aphrodite, I can link at least one thing below that I think is a nice thing if you have a little bit of money to spend. Um, if you're like already working together, I would not encourage spending a bunch of money if you are not already working together. I do have, and it was gifted from a very dear friend of mine. Uh, I do have a really nice Aphrodite statue that sometimes I'll sprinkle with herbs or her favorite oils or, you know, something of that nature. But I do think like a nice statue, if you're ready to invest a little bit more, it can be nice for the altar just to honor them. Um, but I've been working with Aphrodite since I was a teenager and, I only got really serious about four years ago and this statue just now made its way onto my altar um, by the gift of somebody else literally just a few weeks ago. So um, don't feel like that's something you have to do, but I will link you one down below if you're curious about it. Uh, I think the statues come in most, like most gods and goddesses have them. Like you can get them. They're made somewhere. But setting up an altar space to honor the goddess, it's... It can be done in so many ways, you know, obviously find things that correspond to them and put those things out. But really, it's about making like just giving special things, giving special things, giving things that they would like to see. Like for Aphrodite, roses. I love having roses on my altar space because A, roses are my favorite flower. And she also really loves roses. So I have those out on my altar space often or just rose petals or um, to also honor like Venus, which, you know, Venus, Aphrodite, there's a lot in that. Um, I will also bring seashells, seashells from the beaches where I live. Uh, if I see one that I think is really pretty, I'll bring it home and I'll put it on her altar space. I have a pink candle to resemble her that gets lit on my altar most days of the week when I'm in here. So just things like that. It doesn't have to be this big thing. You can even make it something that is so like, covert, I think is the word I'm looking for. Or like if you're like a closeted witch, right, you can make this like a Bath and Body Works candle. If you have a pink one, put it out like it's or something that is rose scented for Aphrodite, right? It, it can be something that is very small that nobody would even notice that it's for a deity. And I just think it's it's also a nice thing to have like my altar space. It's my place for praying. It's my place for going. It's my it is like my own little personal worshiping space. And I think those are just good period. Even if you're not working with a deity at all, I think they can be very powerful. And I think the most important thing that you can really do, and I think I've pretty well said it in this episode without actually saying it. And that is just walk your own path. You know, I know, again, I'm a chaos witch, and that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But just walk your own path. Just the more and more you learn and the more like witchcraft is called a practice, because that is what you are meant to do with it. You know, practicing the art of witchcraft, practicing the art of honoring that deity or learning more about the goddess 
it's a, it's called a practice because you are meant to practice it. It's not something that you're just going to download all this information and you're just going to know exactly how to be a witch. Now, don't get me wrong. That does happen for some people. I want to say that uh, Mia Magic touched on this in one of her videos that like she found like a dead fox and she just like knew how to skin it and just like took the pelt and took it home and literally just did it. Like it was going to go to waste. The fox had literally gotten run over or something by a car and she was like, I've never skinned an animal in my life, but I just knew. She was like, I don't know how I knew. I just did. And she did like an excellent job and just like, yeah. Anyway, so I do think that like sometimes, especially if you believe in past lives, I do think some things will come naturally. Like I have no doubt in my mind that I was probably a witch in a past life. And I say that because there are just too many things that I feel like I naturally gravitate towards. And I feel like when we have that natural pull, often it's in my beliefs anyways, it's, it's a pull to something that you've done before. So just walk your own path though. I think that's the most important thing. You know, don't let other people scare you into not doing things or into doing things. This podcast, I really just wanted to have more of like an open-minded conversation about deity work and not tell you that it's this closed thing that you shouldn't try. And, you know, like I said, be safe, be respectful. If you don't know like the basic premises of witchcraft, I would not recommend getting into deity worship. I would recommend learning some basic principles first, listening to my other podcast. And then from there, you know, moving forward when you feel called or ready, or maybe there's a deity that's always kind of stuck around with you. And you already know you have that deity in your mind, like, oh, I already know that like, there's some kind of relationship here that I'm going to work towards. You know, I just ultimately wanted to be a voice that isn't fear mongering or isn't gatekeeping, because I just don't believe in that. I don't think it's, I don't think it helps anybody to actually make conscious connections with deities. And it's not the way that we're going to get people to do that or have people open doors for themselves that maybe they previously wouldn't have. And in closing for this episode, I wanted to touch on a little bit of spell work uh, just because people ask me about this a lot. And I just it's very simple. I'm sure I've talked about it before, but I just wanted to talk about it again because, again, I get asked about this so often that I feel like it's just a good thing to cover. But I'm actually going to pull it up. But it is... Basically, and I'm going to I'm going to share my experience with you, too, because it was so like I've never had such a powerful goddess experience in all of my years than when I did this. And I'm going to be doing it again with the full moon this month or technically when you hear this, I will have already done it. But uh, I film these a month in advance or record these a month in advance. So I will have already done it by that point. But um. I will link a video down below for this because there is kind of already a video that I base my stuff off of. And that is this spell to become attractive, which hear me out before you run away. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, on YouTube, we got to we got to get that clickbait. Okay. We got to get that clickbait going. And unfortunately it's how we play the algorithm. So the algorithm likes us. So I totally understand why she would title this video that. Um, also, I think that's really what the video is rooted in, but because I work with Aphrodite, I was able to make it work for me. But this 
magical ritual spell to become attractive. I'll link the video down below. I basically based my own ritual off of this ritual that Stargirl the Practical Witch put out. And so what it is, is to me, I call this a goddess bath because it's already rooted in Aphrodite when it comes to like beauty and attractiveness. That's something that Aphrodite is somebody to work with for that. And this spell in particular, I believe that this could be adapted for any situation. And that's why I'm sharing it. I think no matter who you work with, you can adapt this spell to be the working that you're looking for. So let's say you want to increase your knowledge. Let's say you want to increase the joy in your life. Let's say you want to cleanse. Let's say you want to work through some kind of specific issue and you're working with a deity on this. You can take this spell. And again, this is on being a chaos witch. I will take other people's practices and not in like a toxic way, but I will take other practices that work and kind of make my own thing based off of it. That's also on being like an eclectic witch too. I feel like eclectic witches do stuff like this, which I came from being an eclectic witch first and then shifted into chaos witchcraft, which I think is often the common path uh, in terms of chaos witches. Most of them started as eclectic witches. <laughs> but with this bath, basically you want to take the deity that you're working with, right? You want to... Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I could guide y'all on, but I don't feel close enough, maybe with Hecate, but I feel close enough and in a kinship with Aphrodite that that's usually the one I tend to share information with. And she's here present helping us with the podcast. So this one, I'm going to specifically like, it's going to make the most sense this way, but it's very similar to what is done in this video. So basically, and I have like a very personal story, but let me tell you how it's done. And then I will share my personal experience with this and how insane this was, because it was probably one of my most successful spells I've ever done, like blew me away. And I don't know why it's taken me so long to do it again. But Basically, you make this like moon water on the full moon. Now, when you work with goddess energy specifically, working with the moon is really powerful. But if you want to work with the gods, like a god instead of a goddess, you would do everything with sunlight. You wouldn't work with the moon, you would work with the sun. So just keep that in mind. But for this intended purpose, we're going to talk about the moon. So I like working with the full moon. I think it's especially when you're working with like love energy, attraction energy, uh, Aphrodite, the full moon is just a good time. But basically you create this moon water, which I use rose petals, pink salt, and you heat this up over your stove and kind of infuse everything, the water. And you, you basically say incantations over this water. So you can say like affirmations, you can focus on, for me, I was focusing on my own body at the time, because I wanted to change it, I wanted to shift my appearance. And I've never had glamour work so well for me. <laughs> um, I can't believe I, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, like in such detail, I've talked about it, but I don't know if I actually have shared my experience. So um, you do this for like, I think just until it comes to like a boil and then you let it cool down, turn it, turn the heat off, let it cool down, put it in a glass container, or you can leave it in the pot with like a glass lid would work too. But I have like these things that usually you put like milk or juice in that are glass and I'll fill one of those up and 
some like I've done it where you she doesn't share this with hers, but I've done it where you can put like a sigil under the glass or you can write uh, your intentions under the glass for what this moon water is going to do. And then you leave this out under the light of the full moon somewhere where the moon can hit it. It can be a windowsill. You can put it directly outside. It's wherever the moon's rays are going to hit it the best. And I believe personally, even if it doesn't actually get touched by direct moonlight, as long as it's outside, like you're golden. If you can't actually get it in the moon because it's in two of an obvious place, I feel like the outside air is important. Um, unless you can get actual moon rays, then like in a window is okay. That is just my personal belief. Do what you will. Uh, and then you let this sit out there overnight. You can also get like an extra little container for some drinking water for yourself too, to put out there. Um, I have a glass container that I really like that you can get them 10% off and they have crystals involved with them that are really cool. So I will link that down below with the code. If you're interested, mine is, I have one that has aquamarine crystals and it's really beautiful. 10 out of 10 recommend, but Basically, you're going to take this, put it outside overnight, you know, maybe even sit with it, chill with it, say some affirmations over it again. And then the next day in the morning before the sun rises, in my opinion, you should grab it before the sun rises. I don't think she even directs you to do that in the spell, but grab it before the sun rises. I personally, when I work with the goddess, I don't want the sun touching my stuff. And not because I don't love the sun. I am a sun bitch before I am ever a moon bitch. Let me just tell you, don't get me wrong. I love Mother Moon. She is my friend. But if I had to choose one over the other, I am a sun bitch through and through. <laughs> but when it comes to my goddess spell work, I don't want the sun touching my shit. So I will bring it in before the sun comes up and I will bring it in and then I will start to put together like as the water cools down because usually it's cold where I live. So I mean, it depends on where you live and what time of year type of year and, or what time of the year that it's going to be for you. But um, you'll want it to come back down to like room temperature just so you don't make your bath super cold. And if this is a shower, I would encourage like maybe you don't have a bath. Um, I would encourage putting everything into like a bucket or maybe reheating it a little on the stove, not to burn you, but just to like a nice body temperature and doing kind of like a sponge bath for yourself and then washing off in the shower. That's what I would encourage if you don't have a bath. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have a bath, you're going to set up your bath, right? Or your shower space. So this is where you want to bring in anything that honors your goddess, um, which for me, I did like rose incense. I did rose quartz everywhere, pink candles everywhere, uh, working with Aphrodite. And you'll find those correspondences as you study your goddess, but anything that corresponds to her. And I bring everything in. I bring my moon water in. Usually I'll brew a tea or a coffee and splash a little bit of the plain water, not the, not the spell water, but the plain water. I'll splash some in there. And uh, I'll have that in the bath. And then basically you put the rose and salt infused moon water into your bath, fill it up. You know, you could put bubbles or a bath bomb. Like you don't have to make this bath so pure that you can't add anything else to it. Add whatever makes you feel relaxed. That's what the most important thing is. Um, I like putting on goddess music as well. I have one that is my favorite in particular that I just love. It's a light language track that's goddess energy. And I'll link that one down below for y'all as well. But basically, you get into this bath after you've lit your incense and your candles and 
you want to make sure that every part of you gets wet, like your hair, like don't do this on a day that you're not supposed to be washing your hair because you want to submerge yourself fully. And even if you have to do that in chunks, because maybe you have a smaller bath, that's okay. You can do that. Just make sure everything gets touched by the water. And you want to focus on, for me, if you're doing attraction magic, or maybe if you're doing something for more joy in your life, maybe it's moving through a block, whatever it is, you want to focus what it will feel like to move through that. Or if this is image based and you're doing glamour magic, you want to focus on what you will look like. And like, imagine yourself when you're in the bath, looking in the mirror and seeing how you will look to yourself and what kind of energy you'll be exuding and and just really focus in on the feeling that I think is the most important thing is the feeling. And then once you feel ready or the bath has like cooled down to maybe a temperature we don't desire anymore, um, you pull the plug and I personally will sit in the bath until all of the water drains out. That's just something that I feel like in ritual bath work is important. I don't know why I've just always done that. Uh, but do you? And then when I get out of the bath, I really like using 100% organic apricot oil. That's my fave. Um, it has ties to Venus. So I like using that. But you know, you could use just olive oil or a lotion that you really like. You want to take some time to really massage your skin, especially for glamour magic. And again, we're holding that vibration and that intention of attractiveness of beauty of what we want our body to move into or feel like or look like and then once you're done like you're done you can also before while you're setting up cleanse the space with extra incense protection incense um if you have just like garden sage um you know don't be using that white sage <laughs> but you can use cedar you know you can cleanse your space too if you feel like you need to do that but basically that is the end of it and let me just share my experience with you when I did this. Um, I want to say I also used like the Venus talisman, which she talks about in her magical ritual video, but I did pretty much everything that she said to do in that video for mine because I work with Aphrodite. So it was really fitting. And I, I need to like link you a photo of me from that time period because Literally, and I do not say this with any ounce of like pride or like, I'm not trying to brag or be like full of myself. Literally, I was the hottest I've ever been in my fucking adult life. Like, not immediately, but I want to say within like a two month period, like this spell lasted. She does this, Star Girl does this every month, which I think I would love to try that. I would love to like ritual ritualize my full moon and do it every full moon. But literally, I was the hottest I've ever been in my entire life. Like in my in my adult life, I have never felt more beautiful. I have never like even when it came down to the clothes I was buying and wearing, I fit into smaller sizes. Like it just and I was, I like went and it wasn't like, how do I explain this? It wasn't like, I feel like my body just like shifted overnight. Like I was also inspired to make conscious efforts. Like I was moving my body 10,000 steps plus a day. Um, I was drinking a lot of water. I was eating really clean. Like there was a lot that I was also participating in that I feel like got me to this place. But I have 
I'll I'll post one picture in particular that I'll just put the link down below if you're curious and want to see. Because many of y'all know how I look today. I haven't done the spell in a while. And I don't think I'm ugly. Don't get me wrong. I do not. I don't believe that I'm ugly. I do think that I could stand to lose some pounds. I'm not happy with where I am weight wise. But I don't think that I'm an ugly person. Um, but I just felt like what what I would consider beautiful for myself not for anybody else. I felt like what was beauty for me and to me for my own body, I felt that. And I actually felt like I had this like magnetic glow from within that was just reflecting everywhere on me. And I swear to you, it was this spell. I swear on my life. Like that is the only thing I can attribute it to because I was like kicked with this new inspiration. I felt beautiful. I was like, it just hit different. And I swear it was working with a goddess and doing this intensive stuff or this intentioned stuff. And 10 out of 10 recommend if you're interested in glamour magic. I feel like that that video and that ritual in particular are powerful as hell. So I will. Yeah, that's such a weird like, I don't know. There's also a video somewhere. It might be on my old Instagram. If I can find it, I'll link it where I have a side by side of my like face from before this spell work and after. And I don't say it in the video. I make like a weight loss comparison. But even in my face, there is such a dramatic difference. Like I could, I'm just even thinking about it today. I'm like, girl, why don't you do this every fucking month? I bet I would get so much more in alignment with my own body. I'm going to start. You fucking watch me. I'll end up making a follow-up podcast where I talk about like six months of full moon manifesting beauty or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that is what I have for you in terms of goddess work. Um, I know that last story was a bit of a tangent, but uh, I feel like it's totally worth it's worth the hype. It's worth discussing because it was, it, again, one of the most successful spells I've ever cast. And I, ha I have like actual photographic proof, too. So just crazy. But in any case, my beautiful pumpkins, uh, please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Don't forget to check out my Patreon. If you love content like this, uh, we do bonus content over there and it just really helps me to continue to create the way that I do. Uh, if y'all didn't know, this podcast is a passion project, like this podcast, it is not something that is like expertly funded or anything. I literally pay somebody else to do all of the editing out of my own pocket. And it is truly a labor of love. So if you want to support me in that way that actually helps me to continue to create this kind of stuff, if you like it, uh, Patreon is the way to go. Even if you aren't necessarily obsessed with the content that is there and you just want to support me, I would highly appreciate it and encourage it. And if you are interested, you get a bunch of stuff for it. So uh, I will leave that link down below for you as always. And I will talk to y'all next Tuesday. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>